Hey everybody, this is Food and Flights Podcast, episode 31, Peanut Butter Jelly Time. Let's get ready for takeoff. Fools, if you were a frequent flyer, you probably expected to get Shelby and Allie in this podcast, but you're actually getting me, Cameron, and I'm going to tell you all sorts of facts and reviews about peanut butter and jellies. As we all know, tomorrow, April 2nd, is peanut butter and jelly day, so I, of course, went around and tried a bunch of different peanut butter and jelly themed food items. Would you like to hear more? Okay, Cameron, let's hear the first thing that you got for us. All right, so the first thing I have on the list is the Graceland sandwich. Now that sandwich we got from Hockey Town in downtown Detroit. And if you've ever been to downtown Detroit, you would probably know that Hockey Town is like a total staple of just going downtown in Detroit. You've probably grabbed a food or drink before or after any sort of game if you've gone downtown. So diving into this sandwich, the Graceland sandwich that is, it has peanut butter, grape jelly, a quarter pound of bacon, banana slices, and it's like a double decker sandwich is what it said. And in parentheses it said, Elvis never had it so good. So the sandwich itself was literally just like two Uncrustables with banana slices and bacon in between the sandwich. And it was like the whole thing was fried in butter. So when I first, when it first came out, I was like pretty surprised by the presentation because I was expecting like a homemade peanut butter and jelly, but right. it, it was just like, uh, like an uncrustable Smucker's peanut butter and jelly. Okay. Um, and how much did you pay for this? Um, let's see, uh, around 15 bucks. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, one might argue you could probably make that at home, but I feel like you could probably say that about most food items at restaurants, I guess. Um, Sounds like it would be a good kid snack. Um, definitely a good kid snack. Um, or, you know, if you're having a skis before a, a game, I think it would, it might not be a bad option. Soak up all that alcohol. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so why is it called, you said it was called the Graceland? Yes. Why would it be called the Graceland? Yeah, um, I was also wondering the same thing, especially when I saw like in parentheses on the menu, it said Elvis never had it so good. So I just Googled Graceland and I found out that it's actually Elvis Presley's like old home. So. Right, I knew that, but why would they call it Elvis Presley's old home? Well, exactly. So the. First off, Graceland is like a museum where you can like learn about like Elvis's life and like um, just see where he lived. It's like this immaculate property. And um, they called it the Graceland because Elvis's favorite sandwich was actually like a peanut butter, banana and bacon sandwich. Apparently, I guess this was like a widely known thing. Hmm. Like that's like Elvis's favorite go to snack. Okay. Yeah. And uh, 
Even more interesting is um, you can actually stay at Graceland. They have like a resort there. It's called the Guest House at Graceland. And between the hours of like 10 and 11 o'clock at night, every night they have a PB&J bar where you can go and make your own peanut butter and banana and jelly sandwich. It's like self-serve. Okay. And any guest staying at this resort can go and make their own PB&J. So it really must have been like a staple for Elvis. Like it's not just a made up thing. It had to have been a staple if yeah. they're doing this from 10 to 11 p.m. every night for all their guests. Yeah, exactly. I think I guess that was like a widely known thing, too, if you're at all an Elvis fan. Like I'll have to ask my dad because he is. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he would probably know that he he was a huge fan of peanut butter and banana and bacon sandwiches. So. Okay. So what would you rate this overall? Like after having this experience, is it something you would try again? Um, it's definitely not gourmet. I mean, I rate it high, but like white bread, peanut butter, grape jelly, and bacon and bananas, those are all pretty high on my food preference list. But um, if you're looking for a fancy meal, I would definitely look elsewhere. Yeah, I don't know if that would be for me, but... Yeah, but it's for me. That's, like, the kind of food I go, I tend to go towards. It sounds like good comfort food. Yeah, exactly. So I want to list off a peanut butter and jelly fact here. Um, according to the Guinness World Record book, the most peanut butter and jelly sandwiches eaten in one minute is a total of six, and it was achieved by Patrick Bertatelli. He's from the United States in Illinois, and this was achieved on January 14th, 2012. Thought this was pretty interesting. I'm curious to know how big the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches yeah, are. Yeah, I was also wondering the same thing, because like, what are the parameters here? Are these just some uncrustable sandwiches? Because I feel like I could be at that world record. <laughs> I feel like... I don't know, because that's... I mean, that's one sandwich every 10 seconds, so that is like pretty crazy. But I feel like it would have to be a generic slice, two slices of bread with peanut butter and jelly. I mean, that's like basically the definition of what a peanut butter and jelly is. So I'm assuming that's what it is. Um, it's kind of funny because if you look on the Guinness World Records and you see this, a bunch of people are like underneath like congratulating this guy like, good job, buddy. And uh, I don't know. I felt like it would be higher, but apparently the world record six. So if you think you can do better... Um, submit to Guinness World Records. Yeah, I think um, those are definitely like peanut butter heavy sandwiches because um, it's pretty hard to get down some peanut butter. So, I, I mean, that could be what's hindering the world record there. Because, okay. I mean, if you see some of these guys like eating hot dogs, like in hot dog eating competitions, I feel like they can get down like 100 in like a few minutes. It's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. So. I think they dip it in the like water though and that would be really gross as a peanut butter. well that's really gross as a hot I, dog that's what the jelly's for really i think so yeah exactly okay so what was the next peanut butter and jelly flavored item that you tried on your list i thought you would never ask so uh the next thing on our list is from the fork and pint in waterford michigan and it was the pb and c burger and you might be wondering why it says C and yeah, not J, because obviously this is a peanut butter and jelly episode, right? Um, yeah, the C stands for chutney. And so I'll read you the description off of the um, menu. 
So it is a beef patty topped with peanut butter, crispy Brussels sprouts, mango chutney, and goat cheese served on a bruschetta bun. So this is very different from the last item you just reviewed, which seemed to be all comfort food, where this seems to be a little bit more niche. Yeah, for sure. And the reason why we're including it in the peanut butter and jelly episode is apparently chutney is like an it's like an Indian food and it's pretty much jelly, but it has a lot more like seasonings and spices in it. Okay. And so it's like a more savory jelly, essentially. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll dive into the food review and give you my thoughts. So the chutney on the burger was pretty overpowering. Like the mango flavor is just a strong, extremely fruity flavor. Um, so that's like, I guess my first critique of the sandwich, but, um, in terms of the, the rest of it, I think the goat cheese sort of saved it because it kind of like tied everything together and like blended with that peanut butter flavor pretty well. Yeah. I feel like cheese definitely can bring items together, especially peanut butter. I mean, if you think about it, it is peanuts like the flavor kind of goes with a lot of different things yeah i feel like peanut butter and cheese if it's not like a sharp cheese necessarily like i feel like they're just both smooth flavors so that kind of helped the sandwich um but i'm uh, not an, an extremely adventurous eater so i also kind of struggled with the brussels sprouts a little bit like really on this sandwich you have some pretty strong flavors between the mango chutney and the uh, Brussels sprouts. There's some strong flavor combinations there. Okay. Yeah, so if you're wondering how I would rate this burger, I would rate it as, um, it was okay. Like, Would you get it again, you think? I wouldn't, but I wouldn't necessarily say people should like shy away from ordering it especially if you're an adventurous eater okay um, i mean you can at least say you tried it <laughs> right okay yeah all right shelby what um peanut butter and jelly facts do you have for us according to mobile cuisine november 13th 2010 the largest peanut butter and jelly sandwich was made at the great american peanut butter festival in grand saline texas the new record stands at 1,342 pounds, 720 pounds of bread, 493 pounds of peanut butter, and 129 pounds of jelly. Something else I kind of found interesting about jelly specifically, apparently jelly wasn't really brought over to like Eastern Europe area until like the Crusades happened. So like okay. basically... The Crusades happened and they went over to the Middle East and apparently, I mean, a lot of wars aren't good in general, obviously, but um, apparently because of the Crusades, there were a lot more trades uh, happening within this uh, region and some of that increased trading with that area um, led to like jelly being brought over to like England, basically. So we might not have ever even had PB&Js had it not been for these, like, religious wars. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I thought it was kind of interesting because, yeah, war just brought us jelly. Okay. I have a fun fact later, too, that also talks about how war brought us peanut butter. Do but, you want to touch on that now or do you want to go into your next review? Um. Yeah, I can talk about that a little bit. Okay. So, um, 
Yeah. So basically, I mean, yeah, basically because of rations during World War II, like peanut butter was not really a popular thing at all, like anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like it existed, I think, in late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, but it wasn't really popularized. But then World War II happened and people needed to start rationing. And all of these soldiers, they need protein, right? And so um, and they didn't have much access to like a lot of meat. So as an alternative to meat, but still getting protein and all the rationing that was happening during World War II, they um, ate a lot of peanut butter in well, not well, just peanut butter at first, like peanut butter and bread and whatever they can get down. Yeah. But peanut butter is really hard to like just eat. You know, it gets stuck to yeah. the roof of your mouth and it's really dry. And you're like dehydrated. So how how do you, you know, swallow all that peanut butter? Well, you mix your peanut butter in with jelly. And that's kind of how peanut butter and jelly was like popularized. And so all of these. So jelly was basically like the lubricant yeah. for your throat yeah, exactly. to get the peanut butter down. Exactly. Like they're like, this isn't very good for you, but. Yeah. And like the rations during the time, um, apparently there's certain food items that were like easier to get and like certain food items that were harder to get. Obviously, like a New York strip steak is pretty hard to get when you're rationing. Right. right? Yeah. Um, but apparently peanut butter and jelly were both fairly easy to get. So that was like a popular thing. A lot of the troops ate during World War Two. And so all of these War Two vets like come home and what do they want? They want peanut butter and jellies. So <laughs> that led to like the popularization of peanut butter, especially like in the States. And so that's kind of where like the birth of like peanut butter and jellies happened. And so you have another case where war kind of brought upon peanut butter know, and peanut jellies. Butter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, at least in the United States too, you know, yeah. bringing it back over here. So if it wasn't for the Crusades and if it wasn't for World War II, none of us might have ever even had like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So what was your next uh, peanut butter and jelly endeavor? Yeah, my next endeavor was a peanut butter and jelly blondie bar. And so first off, a lot of people might not know what a blondie bar is. So like a blondie bar is basically like a vanilla brownie. So um, yeah, I got this blondie bar from the Detroit Cookie Company, which I think you guys did a previous episode on. Yeah, we did. That was one of our first episodes back in... Ooh, let me think. I know we talked about it in episode three when we did Sweets Around the World. Okay. So shout out to OG episodes. Uh, go back and listen if you're interested. But um, Detroit Cookie, the Detroit Cookie <laughs> Company is pretty good. And so, um, you know, I had kind of high expectations of uh, this Blondie Bar. And um, I kind of got it later in the day. Um, so it wasn't note. fresh necessarily. It was not fresh. And so... Um, when I got it, it was much harder than I anticipated because I was like anticipating like a soft brownie. Mm -hmm. And so um, there's my first critique. <laughs> um, but um, biting into it, uh, the peanut butter flavor was not super strong. It was like pretty sweet. They had um, like peanut butter chips. Was, they were either butterscotch or peanut butter chips. Honestly, the bar was so sweet. I wouldn't even be surprised if they were like butterscotch. Okay. Um, and then there was like a light like jelly drizzle over the whole blondie bar, um, which 
that it was so light that you couldn't really taste it that much. It yeah. was just like a really like usually when you eat peanut butter, like even if you have like a peanut butter like cookie, it's like the peanut butter flavor is pretty prominent and the peanut butter wasn't coming out really. It was more like sugar and inside the blondie <laughs> bar was what was coming out for me. Um, so it was kind of hard because it wasn't fresh. It was really sweet. I think it would have been better if I would have popped it in the microwave and had like a warm, soft blondie yeah. bar. And so that would have definitely done it more justice. Um, well, but- good thing Detroit Cookie Company isn't necessarily known for their blondie bars. They're more known for their cookies, which from my understanding, they didn't have a peanut butter and jelly cookie. Yeah, they didn't. That's what I was mostly looking for going into it. But I found that on their menu. Um and yeah, I would rate it okay, but um, a, the good thing is like their blondie bars. It said they're like they change daily. It's like a daily special, so I think oh. every single day they have like three different blondie bars for you to try. Okay. So um, I would say maybe try to go earlier in the day where they were probably fresh, or if you do get one later in the day, maybe pop it in the microwave. Yeah, you can order online too. For Detroit Cookie Company, you can pre-order ahead of time. And then that way when you get there, they're nice and hot, ready to go. Um, They haven't been sitting around all day. Yeah. Okay, well, I did find this fun fact that 94% of Americans have at least one jar of peanut butter at home. So PB&Js are always ready. And this is according to the National Peanut Board. So I can imagine this is somewhat accurate. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know I usually keep... That's a pretty official organization. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure how they got these numbers, but I usually keep a thing of peanut butter at my house, usually the Costco brand, you know, like the really big ones, just so that way if, um, you know, if you're just feeling the peanut butter and jelly sandwich or you have some kids over or unexpected guests, it's just an easy, quick thing to um, have around. Yeah. And, you know, all because of World War II. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Shelby, you got any fun facts for us? Astronauts on the International Space Station use tortillas, peanut butter, and jelly to make their delicious sandwiches. Okay, Cameron, let's go into your last review here because prior to recording this episode, you sounded like you were really excited about this one. Oh, I was excited, and I'll tell you why. So, the next food review was from a place called Cineholic in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And so this is like a franchise, I guess. They have a bunch of locations all over. I think they even like appeared on Shark Tank. Um, but um, they really their specialty is uh, cinnamon rolls, as you could maybe guess from the names. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but you can go in and like build your own cinnamon roll if you want to. Or they have like, I think at least six, but maybe even more. like signature cinnamon rolls that are kind of like pre-made and so i went in there they didn't have uh like um peanut butter and jelly like specialty cinnamon roll so i just did like a build your own and i just did peanut butter and jelly basically on the cinnamon roll and so going into it i honestly had low expectations because one i've never been to this cineholic place and two cinnamon like a cinnamon roll and jelly and peanut butter just 
at first glance does not sound like a good combination. Yeah, I feel like with cinnamon rolls, it's really tough because you can either get that really sweet frosting or it can be like a, almost like a like a savory frosting. And with peanut mm -hmm. butter and jelly, I just don't know, like, what'd you get out of that? Yeah, yeah I think going into it, my, uh, my thoughts beforehand was like, this is going to be super sugary and kind of gross. Right. And it totally was not. So the peanut butter combined with like the cream cheese frosting, like their cream cheese frosting was not very sweet. Mm -hmm. Like it was um, like the cream cheese flavor was really coming out of that frosting and it blended so beautifully with that peanut butter flavor. It was just like super, super good. Like I could probably just eat this peanut butter cream cheese frosting just by itself. It was so good. Okay. And so um, like that was like layered on top of the cinnamon roll. And then um, they had jelly for it as well, of course. But it was like a light jelly drizzle on top. Um, so how was the presentation? Was that all around? Oh, yeah. Like it was like. It, it was beautiful. It just had um, the peanut butter frosting just on top of the cinnamon roll. And then it was like a drizzle. Like they like drizzled it over the top. Like the, there wasn't like a ton of jelly, but I think that's what was like really good about it. Like they zigzagged the jelly over the top of the cinnamon roll. And I think it was so good because when you have desserts like this, I personally have a preference of like letting the peanut butter be the star of the show. And I really feel like it was. I felt like the jelly was just a perfect complement. They didn't put too much to where it took away from that wonderful peanut butter cream cheese frosting. It really was just enough to just to complement that flavor. And keep in mind, all this is on top of a delicious ooey gooey cinnamon roll. So this did come out hot. It was soft. It wasn't oh, yes. stale. Yeah, it was definitely freshly made or at least the cinnamon roll was like freshly uh warmed up before i got it and um yeah even the cinnamon roll itself there was no overly sweet flavors going on there like it was like just a warm gooey fluffy cinnamon roll with there were obviously cinnamon notes in it but it wasn't overpowering overpoweringly sweet it was just a little bit of cinnamon mixed in with that wonderful peanut butter cream cheese frosting and that excellent complement of jelly it all of it was just like it was perfect okay but this is categorized more as a dessert obviously with the cinnamon roll than it being like a snack or like a actual sandwich oh yeah definitely not a sandwich like uh the one from hockey town um i wouldn't say it was like the best meal but you could maybe pass it off as a meal where this would definitely be a dessert it would be like I don't know the calorie count in it, but you know, this is maybe like a once a week sort of thing and you're good on your sugar intake. Okay. All right. So out of all of these, obviously this one was probably your favorite, right? Um, definitely my favorite by far. What um, would you give it out of 10? It, it shouldn't, it doesn't even, it would be an insult to rate it because the 10 out of 10 scale, the 10 scale just is not large okay. enough. Yeah. Well, there you go, everybody. Uh, Cineholic, obviously, is a really good place to go to get cinnamon rolls. Uh, Shelby and I will have to review it sometime and try all the different signature ones that they have because it sounds pretty cool. I did look at their menu. Um, it looks like their cinnamon rolls range from anywhere from 5 to $7, which really isn't that bad. They look pretty big. 
No, I would pay more money than that. You know? Okay, I'd so pay, there you have it. I'd pay $10 for a cinnamon roll, personally. Okay, all right. Um, I'm going to give off another peanut butter and jelly fact. So the first written reference of a peanut butter and jelly was in 1901 from the Boston Cooking School Magazine of Culinary Science and Domestic Economics. That's a mouthful, but it sounds like something that would be a thing in 1901. Um, they actually referenced it as bread fingers, having three very thin layers of bread and two fillings, one of a peanut butter paste, whichever brand you would prefer, and another filling would be the crab apple jelly. Um, I think it's kind of funny they call it crab apple jelly too, because I have seen where like crab apples, you know, they're not actually like the big thick apples, you know, they're the little ones that you peel off the tree and they really have no use. And so people used to actually pick these crab apples and turn them into jelly. Yeah, it's funny because they call it peanut butter paste too. So obviously like we didn't have like Peter Pan or Skippy or Peter Pan like brands that we see today. It was probably just like generic stuff. Like I don't think it was really on the shelves like it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then Along with that, uh, peanut butter and jelly before it was commercialized, like you were saying, after the war. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, They actually used to be for rich people because the peanut industry in the early 1900s actually had a really high peanut cost. So in the early 1900s, they it was basically for rich people because the peanut the peanut prices were just so high. Yeah. Um, But then obviously that changed during World War II and they decided to uh, ship it all over to our troops. But I still feel like royalty when I eat a wonderful Schmuckers Uncrustable. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, going off of the Schmuckers Uncrustable, Shelby, I know you have a fun fact about that. According to the Thrillist, Schmuckers owns the copyright to no crust. They bought the patent from a pair of entrepreneurs who piloted it in a school system as incredible uncrustables. All right, I want to end this episode by bringing up two things that I found out when I was trying to, you know, look at National Peanut Butter and Jelly Day and what's just some things that are absolutely outrageous that are peanut butter and jelly themed. Because obviously cinnamon rolls are sweet and you have your, I've seen peanut butter and jelly burgers. I've seen obviously sandwiches. We've all had them. But what are some things that are just truly unique where you're like, what is going on? Yeah. So the first one is a peanut butter and jelly pizza. And although this isn't super common, there were a couple of pizza chains who did um, these like promos. And this was a while ago. You can't order them anymore. So I don't want to name off the pizza chains. But there were a couple that actually did peanut butter and jelly pizzas, and this was coming from, there were different cartoons that had them, and so just different like promotional reasons. Uh, National Peanut Butter and Jelly Day was one of them, and so you were able to order a peanut butter and jelly pizza, and it wasn't like a dessert pizza. That's what was kind of weird. This was like a legitimate pizza. It obviously didn't have marinara sauce. It was more of like a jelly, and it kind of had what you were talking about, Cameron, with the Cineholic. It had the um, jelly drizzled on top of it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, I don't know how I would feel about this. I don't know if this is something I would like. It definitely wouldn't be a meal for me. It would probably be more of a dessert. Yeah. It's funny how all of these like peanut butter and jelly items seem to be like desserts, but then apparently, but the peanut butter and jelly itself seems to be a perfect meal for children. 
Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're just giving children. It's like our breakfast cereals we have nowadays. Like, right. Captain Crunch. Like That's basically a dessert. Right. There's a couple of restaurants I know in Chicago that also have peanut butter and jelly pizzas on special every now and then, uh, which is kind of interesting. But I don't know. I just don't think that would be my number one choice. No. The next one that I thought was super weird was a peanut butter and jelly hot dog which you've all seen our hot dog episode. And if you haven't, you can go back. It's, I believe it's our junkyard dog episode. And we tried, I mean, so many hot dogs, Shelby and I, and none of them were peanut butter and jelly. So I thought this was pretty interesting. The peanut butter and jelly hot dog is actually available at Mount Airy Casino Resort in Mount Pocono, Pennsylvania. And basically this Peanut butter and jelly hot dog is at the Golf Clubhouse's secret menu, and it only costs $5. So this is just something that people can order, I guess. Uh, I don't know if it's just a, they just have this as a reason to have a really weird peanut butter and jelly hot dog. I'm not entirely sure, but supposedly the golf course believes, or the casino believes that this is just something that, you know, if people are hungry and they want a comfort food, they mix together the hot dog and the peanut butter. Yeah. I don't think it would be that good. Um, apparently, there's a lot of reviews that said it's actually a pretty good hot dog. And um, a lot of people eat it on National Hot Dog Day. So, yeah, that's pretty interesting, which um, that would pair well with uh, some peanut butter and jelly beers that I also have found. Oh. So, um there is the PB and Jelly from Elk Brewing in Comstock Park, Michigan. So if you want to pair your peanut butter and jelly hot dog with a PB and Jelly beer, you could do that. Um, and then there's also the peanut butter jelly time raspberry brown ale. And that is from Catawba Brewing Company in Asheville, North Carolina. Which you've been to before, correct? Uh, yes, uh, so have you. Yeah, <laughs> but we didn't try any of that. I didn't see peanut butter and jelly beer. No, uh, we must have missed that brewing company. I don't know. Um, maybe I should have looked into it, but I don't know if they have a, like, uh, if it's like a brewery you can sit down and have a drink or if they just kind of. Yeah, they might just sell it. So, so those are all the different ways that you can celebrate National Peanut Butter and Jelly Day on April 2nd. Uh, we highly encourage you to either make your own peanut butter and jelly or check out some local places around that might be having peanut butter and jelly specials or like you were talking about, Cameron, you can just grab a beer. Yeah, grab a beer or, you know, open up your cupboard because you probably have peanut butter in there. Exactly. 94% of the American population does. So. Yeah, exactly. And with that, coming in for a landing. Bye. Toodaloo.